In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. This is episode 56, Andrew and Jerry Save the Rule of Law. I'm Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And we, you know, Jerry, we've never done, I'm, I'm actually shocked because we talk about the rule of law. We've never done a, an Andrew and Jerry Save the Rule of Law podcast. Really? And we're doing this right now, by the way, um, because as we're talking about it, we are we are uh, awaiting to see if today is the day that the New York City District Attorney, uh, Alvin Bragg is his name, Jerry? Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg. The man who refuses to prosecute rapists and muggers and other kinds of violent criminals is going after the former president, regardless of your thoughts or or feelings on the former president. uh, What he did uh, is not illegal, is not well, no, no. What he did may be may be illegal, no. but well, hold on. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. I I want to I want to well, get to. I don't want to get us to to get ahead of this. Um, you you talk about Alvin Bragg going to be indicting Donald Trump allegedly for his alleged hush payments to Stormy Daniels. Um, but Jerry, you you raise the issue of the crime situation in New York, and the fact that the New York District Attorney's Office is not prosecuting crimes and the crime rate has gone up. This is something that is happening elsewhere. Uh, obviously, we have the same issue in Washington, D.C. I uh, was just in New York, Andrew Langer. I, and that was where I was going to go, Jerry. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, but you had your own experience with this uh, just well, a couple of days ago, didn't you? Well, let me be, be clear about this. I love New York City. As do I. I love urban America. I think that cities are important. I'm a Hamilton, Hamiltonian in that in that regard. I think cities are where venture capitalists and startup firms and small businesses, mom and pop shops, great bakeries and restaurants and sporting events. Cities are where um, uh, uh, new new immigrants are assimilated into American right. culture. This is uh, this is important. Cities are important for a lot of our friends uh, in uh, suburbia or in rural America. You can't give up on cities. And unfortunately, over the past three and uh, three, uh, three to five years, Cities have become have, have become ungovernable again, right? We're back to the bad old days of the late 70s, early 80s. And I was in New York today. Remember, I lived through the bad old days in the 80s uh, uh, in New uh, York City. I. I was at Fordham University from, you know, 87 uh, to we graduated 91. And so I remember the bad old days. I lived in the Bronx. I was... Uh, on Davidson Avenue, 1977, as a small child, uh, during the blackouts and the riots on up and down Fordham Road, uh, we could hear the rioting of and the and the gunshots. I witnessed the murder when I was a kid. Wow! I I I, 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 uh, the Medina brothers had a bodega on the corner of uh, on Davidson Avenue, and I was in I was in the shop in the bodega uh, when uh, there was a robbery that turned into uh, the, one of the Medina brothers getting, sh- getting wow. shot and, and murdered. My point in saying this is I remember this. I remember these right. bad old days and uh, the feeling I would get in my, in, in the pit of my stomach, uh, in my mind of having to remain 
diligent, even as an eight-year-old, Andrew. I carried yes. a knife in my pocket. I remember this. This you know, I when, when I traveled on the subway as an eight-year-old, I carried a knife in case I had to defend my mother. Right. Well, on St. Patrick's Day, we went up to Manhattan. Now, I'm going to just forgive the long story made longer. <laughs> we went to Manhattan, and it it was a mess. It was squeegee guys, open drug dealing. Wow. Uh, there were vagrants and aggressive home homelessness. Uh, there were uh, all kinds of just uncivil behavior. Right. To the point where at the end of the day at Bryant Park, uh, my uh, my wife was accosted. My daughters were accosted. And what happened was I took my uh, my son to a restroom. Uh, Bryant Park has a nice public restroom. And um, I came back and there was a very aggressive uh, panhandler. And my daughters politely said, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And eventually my wife right. said, hey, they told you three times. And this man, I, and I was, I was uh, on another side of tables, outside like picnic type tables, and this man went towards my wife. Yeah. And uh, my daughter Bridget, her boyfriend Jack, stepped in. Hey, leave the ladies alone. They said no. And this guy kind of threw a chair and and made a like a like a uh, fake punch. Sure. And that's when I got up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I'm telling you right now. Uh, how I responded literally stopped the corner uh, of 42nd street. Yeah. Everyone, everyone stopped. And I had to escort this, uh, this miscreant uh, across the street. And I did it in a way that was old school, Jerry. My point is, is that Manhattan, it is obvious yeah. to those who know Manhattan, but of course to visit all my kids who love the city, love Manhattan all said, we're not doing that again. Right. I, you know, I mean, they, I mean, they'll go. They'll, they'll. I'm sorry. They'll do the parade again, but they won't do Manhattan again. Like sure. next you know, time, it's it's right to the parade. But let me just give you a juxtaposition, yeah. though. Yeah. We also went up to the Bronx the next day, and it, it, and you might not know this, but the Bronx parade, the McLean Irish parade, uh, there was a de there was a, a threat. Oh, I did not know this. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was someone who said they were going to murder the mayor of Yonkers. Oh my God. Wow. And murder police officers all along McLean Avenue. Guess what the Irish did? They came out in force. They said, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. And let me tell you, we went up to the Bronx. It was family friendly. It was it was a wonderful experience. Sure. Small businesses. Uh, the restaurants, the Irish pubs, uh, everyone was kind. It was a wonderful event. My point in saying this is that there's still hope for cities in the neighborhoods, uh, but in these liberal progressive areas, it, it really is going south quickly. Well, I mean, it, it it comes down to, and it's an adage I haven't used on this podcast in a very long time, right? The, what I used to say is that uh, uh, the most well-intentioned policies eventually bump up against very real realities. And, you know, we had a, because I like you, Jerry, I remember I worked in the city in the 80s. I, I was mugged in the early 80s down in Midtown Manhattan as a kid. Wow. Um, you know, and, and, and I remember that. And then as, you know, as I as I grew into adulthood or, or young manhood, um, me being six foot 
three and and you know the tall presence i <laughs> usually wasn't bothered but but i remember the city in the pre-giuliani era um and, yep. and just how how horrible it was and and you know you have new yorkers who complained about what giuliani did but the reality is right here's here's the funny thing i, I don't know if you have ever if you ever spend any time over on uh broadway these days you ever you ever make it over to broadway north or south of times square Oh sure, they, I, mean, they, I mean, I have sure, yes. Yeah, so yes. they've shut off a, they've yes. shut off Seventh Avenue, and they've shut off Broadway in certain areas. Herald they, Square is shut down. Right, they have all these tables outside. Yes, and for a very brief period, it was a very nice thing to be able to sit outside. But now, you know, you're getting accosted by people. I mean, it's it's exactly what happened to you in Bryant Park. Yeah, and it 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 completely turns the experience uh, on its head. And yet you've got the mayor and the DA and and et cetera who don't seem. I mean, of course, this is part of the reason why Adams got elected, um, because he was at least more anti-crime than his predecessor. Yeah, but that ain't saying much. And and this is this is a this is a problem. I'll tell you this much. Let me just digress for a second, Jerry, because sure. you know, one of the things that I've decried in New York City uh, is uh, the the rampant smell of weed. I mean, it's yes. Everywhere. Oh my goodness! It was everywhere. Yes, right. everywhere. Uh, was it up at the uh, up at the the parade up in the Bronx? Oh my! No, it wasn't in the Bronx. Okay, it that's was what not. I'm saying. All Although right, I... there was a <laughs> there was a uh, a refreshing smell of uh, beer in the Bronx. There you go. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I I I because we I did smell it on Arthur Avenue the last time I was up on Arthur Avenue. My I just want I just want to have an editorial note, a, a moment of personal privilege here. Sure. In the same way. That when you are in your car and you may be smoking tobacco and that tobacco smoke will get sucked into the air intakes of other cars around you and you can smell them. Right. You've got a problem if you can't drive your car without everybody else knowing you're smoking weed. I'm just going to say this. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's just it's a situation where I you and I were on the Jerry and I were on the phone yesterday. How how surprising. <laughs> um, you and I, I'm on 95 driving north and, and all of a sudden I smell weed and it's yep. somebody in front of me is blowing clouds out of their, out of their window. And it's like, you know, enough or on, on, uh, the, uh, the Southeast Southwest freeway in, in, in DC. And it's like, you know, something, I don't need that in the same way that I don't want to smell somebody smoking cigarettes. I certainly don't want to, I, you know, anyway, it just, it, it, no, it, you're, 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 you're hundred percent correct. And, and, and it's funny. Me. And that's the collapse of civil society, by the way, go ahead. No, and that's it, right? Uh, I remember years ago, even before I, I started doing the radio gig at WBAL, there was a sense about Baltimore City that if you wanted to go and just have a Wild West night right. where the rules and the law doesn't apply, we'll go to Baltimore. Right. And there, there is this, there is this uh, growing sense in cities that, uh, again, it's lawlessness. And again, criminals take advantage of that. But also the elites take advantage of that 100%. because they'll go down to the clubs or to the gentlemen's establishments. Uh, they, they will drink openly, do drugs openly, do things they wouldn't do in their own neighborhood. And right. so this isn't just a it's literally, literally the definition of slumming. Go ahead. Yes. But again, but this isn't you and I just coming down on on poor people who live in urban areas. No, this is a problem for all americans yes and again if the cities go so go so goes american i well, believe I mean, that i believe know, that i i commend everybody you and i have talked about this again i don't think on this show but you and i've talked about the documentary ny 77 the coldest year in hell 
yes. which is available on YouTube. Go and watch it. And they they talk about the mayoral election of 1977. Yes. 1977 being a pivotal year in New York history for a whole host of reasons. I have a book by, oh my goodness, Jonathan uh, Mailer called The Bronx is Burning. Yes, of course. A and great, that book, a great and series that, that came right, out after that. Right. Yes. And, that, and that book, the book, though, is about the 1977. Um, I mean, there's other there's other instances in the book, Son of Sam, the Yankees World Series. Right. But essentially, the book is about uh, uh, that uh, Mayor Beam. Yes, a uh, Beam. Right. Uh, uh, losing the primary to Ed Koch. And 1977 was a pivotal, a pivotal year for New York City. And, well, and it was it was interesting, right, because I suspect that if and, and Americans and Americans, New York uh, City residents had had their fill. It was a four way primary between Abe Beam, Ed Koch, Mario Cuomo and uh, Bella Abzo. And, yes. Yes. And I you know, and I suspect I suspect that if Bella Abzug had won, she wouldn't have been much better than Abe Beam. I suspect if Mario Cuomo had won, he wouldn't have been much better than Abe Beam. Um, well, Ed Ed Koch was a good mayor. Ed Koch was a great mayor, and yes. Ed Koch set that city, you know, moving moving forward. A- anyway, not to sort of completely digress on this, I just because Jerry raised the issue of uh, Alvin Bragg and and is it sets the stage for this. So Alvin Bragg is not focusing on prosecuting these crimes. Instead, he is focusing on, and there are two, by the way, there are two potential indictments that are happening. One of them having to do with Georgia and elections in Georgia, but the one that's getting all the headlines right now is this situation in New York City, because last week when we're recording, well, no, I mean, everybody can see this because we're recording this on, on Wednesday, the 22nd, the day after my birthday. Yes, happy uh, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I was you. waiting till later in the show. To oh, okay. I appreciate that. We'll talk more ahead. about that in, in a little bit. Um, so reports came out last week that uh, Trump was going to get arrested on Tuesday and he was going to get fingerprinted and handcuffed. Let's go here. So but can, can I just give some context? Please. And because I, I want to now get back to the discussion we were about okay. to have about about the finer points of the law. All right. Number one. Uh, what Bragg, Alvin Bragg, the DA is doing again, the 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 person who won't prosecute criminals. Yes. Uh, he's actually breaking the law. Remember this in New York City, uh, these type of felony. Felony cases, there's a five year uh, statute of limitations. Of limitations. Exactly. Yes. However, what we're looking at with Trump is a misdemeanor. Yes. And that has a two year Yes. A two year. So he is bringing uh, this prosecution after the law uh, says he can't do it. Number one. Number two, there's a due process issue here. In other words, that if 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 charges were going to be brought against Donald Trump, there there is this expectation that he would have been charged and the case would have been brought. Right. A swift justice. That hasn't happened. Uh, so there's a constitutional problem here. And also, mind you, that. Never Trumpers, Rich Lowry, um, Jonathan Andrew, Adler, jo- Jonathan Adler, Andrew McCarthy have all said that regardless of the statute of limitations, Donald Trump didn't break the law. That that oh, well, the, Jonathan Adler hasn't said that Donald Trump did. All right. Break the law. Well, no, Rich Lowry, Rich Lowry has, and and, and again, this is uh, this is this is uh, uh, this is a book. This is bookkeeping, and they're using terms like hush money. Illegal payments. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, according to many legal analysts, 
again, not friends of the Trump person and, and, and the Trump administration and Donald Trump himself have said that, no, how these were structured was perfectly legal. There's a reason why, Andrew. Right. That the previous district attorney of Manhattan did not pursue this well, let's, case. Let's let's pull it back even further, Jerry. There's right. a reason why, right? There's a reason why the federal government didn't pursue this. The U.S. Right. attorney for the Southern District of New York didn't right. pursue this under federal law. Um, then there's a reason why the Federal Elections Commission didn't pursue this right. under the law. Um, and and now we have the and now we have the previous DA in Manhattan not pursuing this. And now we have this DA again. Very now remember the situation down when, in Georgia. When, when Sorry, the previous when the previous uh, DA refused uh, to to move forward with this case, the progressives went crazy. Right. And Alvin right. Bragg is doing this not to uphold the rule of law, not to uh, defend the Constitution, not to make the point that everyone, including the president, is not above the law. Yeah, nobody's above he, the law. He's doing this for naked political reasons right you you and i have made clear that we are skeptical of donald trump running in 2024 right i mean i've come out and said he shouldn't run that uh there's no reason for him to run that he's disqualified himself to run that being said this case is wrong and liberals yes. liberals and conservatives Good actors, people of of good faith should condemn this. So so this gets into so originally when Jerry and I were talking about this show, um, we were originally going to I was originally going to call it something to the effect of uh, Andrew and Jerry defend against the banana republic. Andrew and Jerry prevent the banana republic, something having to do with banana republic tendencies, which is this is what this is. This is what happens. So we talk about the rule of law, because if you don't have the rule of law, you have the rule of men and law becomes arbitrary, as Jerry just said, talking about these issues of of due process um, and, and things descend into despotism, um, yes. which which ironically is what the left constantly warned us against in terms and the never Trumpers warned us against when Donald Trump was running, right? This idea that Donald Trump was going to use, use political power, or I'm sorry, use his office to bend the law enforcement community to his will and go after his opponents. Now, Donald Trump may very well have threatened these things, but he never actually did them. Right. Um, and, 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 but the left is doing them. In fact, the left always did them. And this is what we, what we've talked about is that, you know, you know what the left is doing by what they accuse you of. Um, so with this situation here, and and again, it comes down to you have to ask the reason why. Um, um, why why this DA, why this prosecution, and why now? And by the way, when Jerry talks about the issues of whether or not what Donald Trump did was a crime, part of what he's referring to is the 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 writings that legal scholars have done on this, and and Jonathan Turley among them in which they essentially call this a, a Frankenstein indictment. Now we haven't yes. seen the indictment yet. Um, and, and we, you know, we may see the indictment today. We may see it later on this week, who knows, but it's the idea of taking disparate parts of the law and things that are dead and buried and raising them up and putting them together. Like you're building Frankenstein's monster yeah. and using that to go after. And there's something fundamentally wrong with that. There is a reason why we have statutes of limitations on things. Um, and, and actually 
Jerry, let me take a moment of, again, another moment of personal privilege here and sort of talk about this in the general, the greater context of things. We have seen over the last 50 years the erosion of the concept of the statute of limitations, the slow erosion of it. Right. Um, because there becomes a question of if the crime, if justice hasn't been served in a particular crime, does the crime continue to run? And there's elements of federal law, especially in federal well, environmental law, where where that where that the concept of the statute of when the crime occurred, the date the crime occurred, that chips away, and and they're essentially trying to resurrect that situation in a way that's never been applied or has very rarely been applied, and I don't think it's been applied successfully. And uh, in, in terms of this case, I'm sorry, Jerry, go and ahead. No, and and what's more, uh, we see this that. Uh, if if the left doesn't get the outcome it wants in state court or in uh, through the states, right. it goes to the federal level. Listen, this is this is what happened with that uh, with uh, with uh, the the uh, uh, pro life protester whose name's now escaped. Right, me. exactly oh, right. right. Well, he yeah he he went through the state system. Right, uh, he was uh, he was not charged. He was not charged for criminal. Right. Uh, offense and and it also went it was it was vigorously pursued in a state in yes. the state system uh and then uh, and then uh uh the doj didn't like it the biden administration didn't like the outcome and then they uh, they they took this pro-life family man uh to uh, to to the to federal uh, court and of course uh it was thrown out let me tell another quick story about this to sort of illustrate the point of the twisting of the law real quick jerry so there was a situation in Cal in uh, in Florida, right? I, I don't know about you, Jerry, but when I'm driving along a road and I see a cop uh, uh, hanging out running running speed traps, I will flash my lights at oncoming traffic to let them know that there's a speed trap ahead. Do you do this all the time? All right, there you go. So in Florida, um, um, cops were getting very frustrated that motorists were warning other motorists about speed traps. So they set up a situation in which they set up a speed trap and they were watching motorists come at them. And when they saw a motorist flashing his lights at oncoming traffic, they stopped them and cited them. And they cited them under a Florida motor vehicles law that says you can't have flashing lights on the top of your car. Right. Right. And, and, and somebody had to actually explain the difference in court the court ultimately decided on behalf of the people thankfully sure having to explain that there's a difference between the adjective of flashing lights and the verb of flashing lights right and and but this is this is andrew let, let me add to that let me add to that yeah, uh please. Think, think of uh uh in the not recent uh, in the recent past uh new jersey governor christie right and bridgegate absolutely uh, Bridgegate. This the, illustrates the point so well. Right. Thank you, Jerry. The 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 Obama administration saw Chris Christie. Believe it or not, this is before Trump uh, came to the forefront. Chris Christie was a leading potential leading challenge to Barack Obama. He had won praise in New Jersey, governed well, had bipartisan support, won with massive amounts of of support. Anyway, uh, during his reelect. Uh, there was this controversy where they closed down the George Washington Bridge in order to stick the thumb in the eye of the mayor of Fort Lee, a Democrat who refused to endorse a Chris Christie. However, the, the, the feds 
used this as a way to go after Christie. Of right. course, politicians and the elites never, never, uh, never. Uh, well, rarely, Jerry, because I'm going to tell a story right, about rare, some, so another, rare, another, ch- another challenger who who, who got right. Rare, rare, rarely get 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 in trouble for these sort of things. It's always the underling. And what happened was, yeah, uh, several underlings were charged, uh, and, uh, tried, convicted. But New Jersey, it turns out, the the federal law used uh, didn't apply. And the Supreme Court threw it out. Right. But well, these then- these these people and one and one 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 of whom I knew well, uh, she was a colleague of mine when I worked in the uh, state legislature. Uh, she uh, a single mom of four yeah. had to go through uh, years and years and years of court battles because you because the Barack Obama administration decided to use the DOJ It weaponized and politicized the DOJ to go after political opponents. And again, we're seeing this more and more. And again, here's the thing. The bottom line here is that the right is accused of doing this. Yes. And I can't think of a single case where the right has done it. But we can not sit since here, Nixon, certainly right. We can sit yeah. here and talk about, again, the the Obama administration and the Biden administration weaponizing the DOJ, the IRS uh, and the FBI me, and myriad other agencies uh, for political purposes. Let me add another example of this, Jerry, because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we talk about the 2012 election and Barack Obama being paranoid about challengers. Right. Remember, there was another governor, Republican governor. Uh, who was considered a credible challenger to Barack Obama, Bob McDonald yes. in Virginia. Yes. And Bob McDonald, who got caught up again in a, in a, this was a corruption scandal, a quid pro quo scandal. Um, now, now except, except, well, no, but time out for a second, right? McDonald's family accepted gifts from this person. But what ultimately happened, but McDonald got convicted, but ultimately what happened is the Supreme Court says, you know, when you have a quid pro quo, you have to have both the quid and the quo, right? You have to have just because someone gives somebody something doesn't mean that there's necessarily corruption. They have to do something about that. And so McDonald's conviction was overturned by the right. Supreme Court. But the point is, is that you had this weaponized DOJ going after um, these potential political opponents uh, of Barack Obama. And and this is and, and then listen, we can go through the whole litany of abuses of power by the Obama administration from the IRS scandals um, to, to um, uh, from the IRS to operation choke point sure. to the weaponizing of U S attorneys against conservative climate skeptic groups uh, to uh, um, uh, to the use of national cancer. Look, we're seeing, funds we're, to produce we're seeing it today. We've, we saw yeah. it this past week. Uh, where the uh, uh, where the Biden administration uh, is using uh, again the 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 power of the, of the White House, the imperial presidency, uh, to impact ESG, right? Right. Uh, this kind of woke investing, uh, and again, the Congress in a bipartisan manner passed legislation to overturn this executive order uh, that would have that 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 again that put pressure on private uh, equity firms and private right. banks uh not to be forced to invest in woke and you know woke investments Can I, let me talk and, about and, this and, but again but here's the thing uh we just had this scandal with the Silic- silicon valley bank now i understand yes. that it's complicated that the uh, the Federal Reserve interest rates, the bonds being sold off, they're all inflation. There are all kinds of 
of, of factors that go into a bank's failure. But one thing that has been neglected, except from uh, you know venues on, on the right, is this idea that Silicon Valley Bank got caught up in uh, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion nonsense, where they were putting uh, tens of millions of dollars into bad investments based based upon woke politics. Let's be really clear about something with regards to the financial services industry, whether or not it's banking or investing or, you know, whatever. Um, Finance, a bedrock principle in terms of these kinds of regulations, the rules that govern these industries, is that the folks running them have a fiduciary responsibility, that's a legal responsibility, to maximize the results for their investors, to actually produce results for their investors, right? The idea is you don't want the, if, 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 you, are, if you are being encouraged to invest in a product on the hopes that you're going to get some financial return down the road, the person offering you that product cannot uh, lie to you and say it's going to produce you know value for you down the road when it's not going to produce value however when the department of justice and the department of state jerry hold on just let me let me go down this road the the point is this has been the way the financial services industry has been regulated uh, for many many years basically Uh, up up until up until two minutes ago up until yes literally up until 2021 when the when the biden administration came in that was the bedrock principle you 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 must produce you must offer products that are actually going to uh, do what you promise that they're going to do and give a return on investment or you have a reasonable expectation. Now ESG comes in and Jerry, go ahead. Well, and then these companies now feel compelled uh, because they might have their licenses right. uh, uh, disrupted or their uh, their businesses disrupted in some way by the federal government. And again, the irony here is that Joe Biden is doing is 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 putting in place practices that only five years ago uh, progressives would only talk about in ac- academia. Right. Again, think about this. Uh, in, in in Joe Biden's budget, Andrew, there's a 25 percent tax on unrealized capital gains. Yes. Yeah, that is that is that is a tax on wealth. People haven't earned yet. Right. This is insanity. Yes. This is something that Karl Marx would love, but right. even Karl Marx wouldn't speak it out loud. And you know, Joe Biden is actually putting it in a budget. In the same way that you are re-watching Veep, and Jerry yeah. and I have been talking about this, I have been slowly but surely re-watching the TV show Billions. Yes. And right now we're in a whole thing where uh, one of the main characters, uh, who is a gender-fluid, non-binary person, but is also a financial genius, uh, claims to have cracked the code on ESG and wants to do ESG investing. Um, and and it's very clear that there are serious risks that are involved here. And Bobby Axelrod is not taking them. But, you know, but again, this is the stuff that was being talked about in fiction. But here's the thing. Many people yeah. would say, well, what do I care about unrealized capital gains? This is for the very rich. No. no. Yes. What if <laughs> what if you're a a, 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 a family farm? And you have property, and that property is uh, is uh, is assessed at X amount. That's exactly you, it, Jerry. You yeah. can be taxed 
on that X amount, well, you even want, though you don't have out. the cash to pay you'll the be, tax. You'll be taxed twice, right? Because you yes. So let's be really clear here. I, I want to because we want to make sure we're we're all on the same page. But this is before you would even sell the land. Right, right. Yeah, that's the point. So, right. so when you have a tax assessment and that tax assessment goes up, and this is a huge issue around the country right now. Uh, um, and, and and I think there's even a uh, I, anyway, there was a politician I was just reading about who got a sweetheart deal in terms of his assessment. Anyway, set that aside. Loudoun County, guy in Loudoun County. You, we know that that uh, municipalities will inflate assessed values on properties um, because they want to they want to bring in more revenue in terms of property taxes. That's one thing. Now, what the federal government wants to do, and and what the progressives want to do, is they want to tie those assessments into right. So if you buy, if you bought land that was value, or you bought a house and the assessed value was a hundred thousand dollars, and ten years later your um uh, your county comes in and they assess the value at $300,000. Well, yeah, you're going to get taxed on that for your property taxes and you unless you can fight the assessment, but the federal government is going to want to come in and ta- and tax you on the $200,000 right. difference between and what here's you bought the, the property for. What yes. what if you don't have the money to pay the tax? Exactly. Yes, then you have And to- again, remember this, remember this. The progressives this is all connected. The progressives yeah. don't want you to own property, right? So this could be a mechanism uh, for uh, for farms and for rural Americans to be forced to sell property to, to pay these unrealized uh, capital gains taxes. To do what? To force people into more urban and suburban areas, which is what they want. Well, to get rid of roads, the automobile. To to again cr- increase well, there's, there's increase that, Jerry, transportation. But, but uh, also, public it's about giving sweetheart deals to their political allies to of buy. Of course, which we see right in Baltimore right. City and cities yeah. across the country. We have a housing crisis. Yet these woke politicians, the Brandon Scotts, the mayor of Baltimore City, but other politicians and urban uh, or urban leaders. Uh, and so-called uh, community leaders are making deals with big real t- realtors uh, to, uh, to, again, to buy out and sell out uh, 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 local business owners and families. L- let me let me say this, please. Energy is more expensive. Food is more expensive. Transportation, your car, right. Life, everything, educate, everything is more expensive. They are how, how are how long are we supposed to, you know, do it for the greater good? Yes, you. I told about this to my kids yesterday. We were talking about how in the state of Maryland, uh, they want to go to uh, net zero emissions by the year twenty thirty five. New York State. Uh, and uh, there was a, a report uh, in Politico on this. So left-leaning Politico wrote about how in New York State, you have the uh, you have by the year 2030, Andrew, a uh, a mandated zero emissions electric grid. And what's happening is the rate increases are happening now, and right. we'll, and and the big rate increases will happen uh, in in years to come. So what's going to happen in blue progressive states, California, New York, Maryland, is what's happening in Germany and in Europe today. Right. You will have to make a decision. Should I put the air conditioner on? There's a reason why uh, in in uh, in Europe. On a, on a hot day, everyone is in the uh, is in the shopping mall right. because they can't afford. They literally can't afford to cool their homes. There's right. a reason why in Europe, 
every single year between three and 600,000 people die. They freeze to death in their own homes because they can't afford to heat their homes. The progressives tell us that this is necessary to get us to the transition to renewables. Listen, the problem is, is that the very rich don't have to pay the penalty and the very poor don't. It's going to be middle class working Americans who won't be able to live in their own homes. Well, this is well, again, well, the, well, the poor, the poor will pay a price because they will be living in areas where they won't be. A, but here's, but, but here's the thing. No, no, wait, I, I want to, I want to comment on that because I, and I'm, 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 because look, we're talking now about how we have record low unemployment, yet we have record high welfare. What's happening is uh, uh, you have you have the progressives coming in and they are providing housing, health care, food, uh, cash payments, you, education, wraparound services to the very, very poor. And the very, very rich, because they're so by virtue of their wealth, the elites, the, the progressive elites don't have to live under the same constraints and uh, and and the uh, and the. Um, and the cost doesn't impact yes, them. But this is going to this is working class me, Americans. Yes, absolutely. The cost will impact working class Americans. Let me let me let me offer up something here again. Another editorial comment. If your power company, and I know we have folks all around the country who watch and listen to the show, if your power company or electricity provider comes to you and says, "Sure, our our listeners wouldn't have this happen," uh, and they come to you and say, "Hey, we are going to we want to offer you a smart thermostat for your home. We'll come in and we will install it. We'll offer you a modest rebate for the first few months, but but you know the the caveat is, and they don't really share this. They usually bury the lead on this. You put a th- a smart thermostat in your home, it means that the power company can control your, your the temperature in your home." So if you are, if, and, and this is the thing, Jerry, if you move into uh, subsidized housing, you know, you move into government-owned housing, these smart thermostats are going to be in there for, for sure, to say the least. So the poor get impacted in that way because they no longer have well, control again, of their thermostats. Well, I, again, I, 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 I don't know, Andrew. I think that the, I think we're, we're getting to a point in this country where, again, the 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 elites are protected. They're insulated from right. their own policies. But the poor, they're taken care of, Andrew, in a way uh, well, that uh, puts look, I'm paying poor are taken for care of in certain ways, Jerry. I'm just, you know, it, 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 no, you're right. The poor they're, they're, won't have and, and, yes. everyone. The poor will be taken care of, but everyone will be equally miserable. Well, yes. I mean, I, again, there are, there are degrees of being taken care right. of. The point but, is, the poor the poor are, are forced into they are they're the they're the ones who feel the control first and the ultimate control first because they're the ones who are in the government housing. Look, oh, look, I'm not sure, Andrew. I mean, look, I, I'm I, I mean, look, if 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 you if if you're on Medicaid, Medicaid is a terrible health insurance system. But the fact of the matter is, if you're on Medicaid. You don't have to worry about dental vision. You can take your kid to the uh, uh, to the doctor. Now, mind you, there yes, there, there's access right. issues and there exactly. are formularies. But you know uh, that is better than uh, someone who's 100%. paying three thousand dollars a month premium uh, and they have a twelve thousand dollar deductible. Exactly. Yes. And and you know and 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 you know and because of Obamacare, they can't get their kid. Uh, into into a into a doctor when their kid is sick. Right. This is and, no, no, no. you know one hundred percent. I agree with you absolutely. Right. And the, you know the and it, yes, there are degrees here, and I don't I don't want to get us again too far afield right. of this because I think. But I, again, I, my, yeah. my 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 urgency is because working people are so busy working. Again, this goes back to the Fred Smith right. adage, right? People are are 
stupid about politics because they're smart. In other other words, they are focused on things they can control. However, I think that adage needs to be updated because right now, uh, working class people are going to are going to, uh, again, uh, lose their ability to heat their homes, cool their homes, to to travel with freedom, to work where they want. Look, we're seeing and, and this. being forced to being forced to subsidize the education of both yes. the elites and the poor. Right, America. right. It, yes, this is this is exactly it, and this is why we've seen this transformation in America away from the sort of the traditional, the traditional left right dichotomies in terms of politics sure. and who votes where. Why we're seeing a whole new sort and, of rebrand. And to your point of of why the show is is named, you know, Jerry and uh, Andrew and Jerry uh, save the rule of law, is that the progressives are doing this outside of the law, right? And right. you know, and again, you know, we all know what happened at Stanford Law School uh, three weeks ago when law students again using. Uh, intimidation shut down uh shut down a forum and then even afterwards have used intimidation nope. to threaten wait, threaten administrators yeah. there and teachers there and even the dean of the law school and remember these law students who don't believe in free speech don't believe in the exchange of ideas uh they believe might is right these are going to be the lawyers and the judges in in 10 15 years ones- so so we can't even rely upon the courts to protect our constitutional rights, and, and 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 because here here's the interesting thing, and this is sort of the 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 thread that's running through all of this is a fundamental question in the American Republic today. It's probably one elsewhere, but it's one that we're discussing, which is and, and you know Jerry and I are, are have been longtime free market limited government guys, free marketeers. We worked for one of the best free market think tanks uh, in in the world, the, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and and you know we. We believe to a certain degree in privatization. Um, you know, we've talked in the past, and, and 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 actually, it's Fred Smith who was again one of the first people to sort of talk about. You can't run the government like a corporation. You know, it, it, you know, the, you know, just because the Nazis ran the trains to the concentration camps on time doesn't mean that they that that was a good thing, which is right. important. But we have done so much in terms of outsourcing functions of society to outside corporate entities right again you talk about the the shifting alignments of the left-right dichotomy um something that a lot of free market limited government types would have applauded the problem then ensues when government can use its power to manipulate these corporate entities outside and sidestep the constitution so whether it is putting pressure on social media platforms to silence speech well the social media platforms are private platforms uh so you know and and just because the federal government put pressure on them doesn't mean that the federal government was violating people's First Amendment rights. Look, um, a- Andrew, yeah. uh, Real Clear Politics, which, again, for those unfamiliar, Real Clear Politics is one of the, the last places in media where both the left and the right meet. Uh, in terms of Washington traffic, uh, it's number one among Republicans, number five among Democrats. So, again, it's a place where both the left and right meet. That is not the case in other in other uh, in other in other media venues, and the feds have been funding uh, nonprofit groups uh, to uh, to put pressure on those who sell advertising. Right, and they have a they have a list of media outlets uh, that are on the do not advertise list. 
because according to the feds, uh, they are uh, they are uh, contrary to the regime. Right. And so and real clear politics. One of the again, this uh, honest brokers, one of the few honest brokers left in politics. And of course, I'm the editor at Real Clear, uh, just for full disclosure, is on the list. Right, is blacklisted. So, so let's think about that. And, but that, and again, that's, but that's the federal government. Right. So let's let's go through the litany. Right. It's a violation so, of the First Amendment. First Amendment. So right. But this is the question, right? Oh, we're not we're not violating the First Amendment. It's again Operation Choke Point. We're going to yes. shut off the flow of money. So that the f- speech gets constricted. Oh no, we're not going to go after, you know, we're not going to go after gun, um, uh, gun manufacturers and gun retailers directly. No, we're gonna we're gonna make it impossible for them to get bank accounts, insurance, right. and credit card payment processing. Right? Yeah. We're not going to go after ammunition. Uh, we're going to go after those sellers and manufacturers. We're also going to make it so that you can't have lead in ammunition. So we're going to drive up the cost of ammunition. We're going to make it right. so you can only have steel. And, and so you go down this road of all of these rights that get impacted with the federal government trying to sidestep. And ultimately it is undermines the rule. Of, let me, you know, again, let me just bring up this example. Organizations like the Competitive Enterprise Institute and Cato and Heritage and others, organizations like the uh, the Center for American Progress, they have a right to advocate on issues. To they 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 are they are they are tax exempt organizations engaged in research and education. The federal government wanted to at one point declare climate skepticism, and not just we're talking skepticism about whether or not climate changes man-made, but also skepticism about the big government approaches to dealing with climate change. They wanted to label those activities as fraudulent. And they sent attorneys general to go and, yes. and investigate them, you know, uh, uh, state attorneys general were, and, and so that and even, and even, and, and, and even, right. And even if it turns out that the, uh, the government oversteps its legal authority, it still chills speech. It's right. still because because we don't have the resources to fight the Fed. So therefore, we're not we're not going to go. Uh, we're not going to go and uh, uh, investigate this research, this topic. Look, I'm convinced, Andrew, and I won't name names, but I am convinced that many of the climate change, global warming skeptics uh, who now who now believe that uh, they've suddenly believed uh, since this. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. They suddenly believe that that climate change or global warming is real. It's man and it's man-made. But they think that the uh, the solutions are worse than the problem. We have to think of different solutions. I think that is all a is all horseshit part of my language oh. and and what they did was they sorry Geraldine. They, they admitted to or they became part of the climate change cult because they didn't want to lose their positions at university didn't want to lose their positions uh in uh in uh in in uh, the right. legal field etc let me tell you something yeah there's a reason why we went from global warming global cooling to global warming to climate change uh, because there is no science. Uh, again, Andrew, I, I, you know, I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a novice. I'm not a scientist. But the fact of the matter is, is that 
there's all kinds of conflicting information. You have NASA saying that uh, putting out reports and research talking about how uh, the climate change, the the change in weather is because of the Earth's orbit uh, and because of activity on the sun. Uh, you have uh, you have experts like Stephen Malloy uh, wow. uh, showing us data, right? Uh, surface data that over since since the year 2014, uh, the Earth is actually cooling. Right. And so therefore, again, this has become political. And Robert Redfield said this a week or two ago in front of a congressional committee uh, in regard to COVID. Yes. He was he was blacklisted because he dared to say we need to investigate whether or not this COVID, this virus, uh, came from a lab, the right. Wuhan rab, a lab in, in China. And he was blacklisted. He was labeled a racist. He was the director of the CDC. He yep. was apolitical, a scientist, a doctor. And he was uh, he was canceled and he was put out to, uh, to, to right. rest. And he said this. He said, look, when you hear the word consensus and the word science together, you know that there's something wrong. Right, right, right. Because Steve Meyer said the same thing to me in, uh, a couple of weeks right. ago. Right. Science yeah. uh, is not about consensus. Science is about research and debate and investigation and, and testing and all the rest of it. And this is the problem with climate change. Also with, with, uh, with uh, looking backward in terms of what happened with COVID, there's a political narrative and again, the progressives, the uni party in, in Washington has to keep the narrative alive. Look, we've talked about this, the mask issue. A friend of ours, Henry Miller, yes, put out a piece a week ago. I put it up at Real Clear, um, Real Clear Health, saying that masks worked and that the Cochrane study that said masks didn't work or I'm sorry, didn't work is the wrong phrase. Whether or not they are, they don't do what they what they why what whether or not whether or not the way they, that we were the reason why we right. were all required to wear them. Yes. Right? Were they effective? Yes. In stopping the virus, he did this whole defense of of mask wearing, and he missed the entire point. This wasn't about whether or not a mask, a proper mask worn properly right. could stop droplets and therefore could be effective and at least lessening the chances of COVID spread. The Cochrane study wasn't about that. It was yes. about whether or not the way in which the government mandated mask wearing, whether or not it was effective. And it right. wasn't effective. There's right. a real good piece up today over at Real Clear Policy that talks about, that takes on the Henry Miller and yeah. says, wait a second, are we so political over masks? He, uh, the piece is in, in City Journal, and it, 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 it uses the phrase maskaholics. Yes. So those who are clinging, and this is right and left, those who are clinging to the mask narrative, even with reams of evidence, they are still clinging to the narrative. This is a big problem Listen, in our public debate. I will say this again, because yeah. now we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of when I said it. If if the Trump campaign had taken my advice, oh, you're so right. Ding, ding, ding. And Donald Trump had worn both either alternating blue, yes, blue masks with Trump 2020 across the front, or red "Make America Great Again" masks, we would never have had this mass debate. You're, masks you're, would you're, never have been yeah, mask holics wouldn't exist. That's you it, are that's, one. That's exactly uh, right. So once again, thank yes. you, Jenna Ellis, for 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 messing that one up. 
Let me. Let You're me, right. He should have come out every day with a mask. Let on. me bring some. Let me bring some. Absolutely. And they would but never make, photograph. Make, them. A, make America healthy mask. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. Make America healthy. Yes. Uh, let me go. Let me go back to the bullying issue for a second, Jerry. Yes. Because and, and climate. Because uh, again, we talk about this issue. Redfield, drummed out. You know, uh, uh, made largely a pariah. Um, two of my favorite people in the in the climatological scientific community were a, a, a scientist named Sally Balunas, yes, and and her colleague Willie Soon. They were with the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, yeah. and I believe Sally was the head of the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Not anymore. Well, yes. My my point is, and if there's anybody who understands the way solar radiation hits the gas around a planet and can potentially warm that the, the transfer of energy from a solar body into a planetary body, it was going to be an astrophysicist. They were drummed out yeah. of the scientific community. Sally Balunas, again, if not the head, a senior researcher with the Harvard Smithsonian for astrophysics, I believe now raises golden retriever puppies yeah. out of the scientific business. Willie soon had to go into hiding. He was he was he was being hounded by 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 the left, which this which is what which which proves the point. Yes, that we are moving past truth, moving post the law, past we the talk law. About, hold on, we talk about the rule of law and 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 you know and the collapse of this. So we've got this DA in New York, we've got this DA in Georgia. Um, we we we've talked about other things. We we talked about Chris Christie. We talked about Bob McDonald. We haven't talked about the Supreme Court justices who were also we talked about the pro-life activists, Supreme Court justices who were who were having protests illegally outside of their homes. No one, no one in law enforcement uh, touching that with a 10 meter. No, no arrests, no arrests Um, and no arrests. We had we had a guy going and wanting to kidnap a Supreme Court justice and harm his family. You know, he was arrested. But again, no, no increase in security around the justices homes. I mean, again, the, the the pressures, again, going back to Barack Obama, Barack Obama speaking at the State of the Union, looking down and castigating Supreme Court justices from, from the podium of, of the, the, the House of Representatives, uh, unprecedented in terms of the pressure being put. Right. And, and the, thankfully, again, you've said this, right? Taking the long game, we know they're trying to remove conservatives from the profession, right? What happens if you remove conservatives from the profession of law? You don't have conservative district right. court judges, appellate court judges, or Supreme Court justices. Yeah, and that's what they want. Um, so, and that's, by the way, why there is also this concerted attack, not just at Stanford but elsewhere uh, against the Federalist Society. Um, they've been trying to, uh, to deal with the Federalist Society for years. Anyway. Look, there is there is an undoing of of meritocracy. We've talked about how we are progressively advancing backwards towards tribalism and dynasty as opposed to the rule of law and allegiance to ideals. Look, everywhere we turn, the left has uh, has embedded itself. We're still, again, we're still arguing or some are arguing that we have to make the case that America isn't a racist nation founded on racist, racist principles. I thought about this this morning because I was talking to my kids at at, um, uh, at, um, at breakfast and my uh, my daughter, Grace, brought up some 
some items in her social studies class. And I said, look, I said, look, I said, sweetheart, the way we should be looking at American history uh, is exactly the is is exactly is opposite the way that those who are writing textbooks are presenting it. And that is America uh, was is the great undo, is the great I'm using that word again, undoing of the of the of the of human history where slavery and bondage and uh, women as uh, property it was the american system that undid this right now it's a process and it, it, and it's taking decades and even centuries but without the american experiment who knows where we would be right look, look around Listen, the world i love this I- on I saw this real quick. I yeah. saw this in an interview, and I can't tell you who the interviewer is or interviewee, but it was a CEO, and the and the and the person conducting the interview says, uh, "Do you own any slaves?" And the CEO said, "Well, no, of course not." And then the interview the interviewer said, "Well, do you are you wearing Nike? Ah. Are you do you have an iPhone?" Uh, do you drive an, uh, 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 an electrical vehicle? And yes, 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 yes. Well, then, of course, you are you you personally are connected to probably between 40 and 60 slaves in the world. Slavery and and anti-women rights and real racism and and ethnic purges are happening everywhere around the world. And yet progressives want to undo, uh, they want to destroy, transform the very entity, i.e. America, that has put a stop to it. This, know, this, this, this is going to end badly. I, 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 and I want to get to that in a second, Jerry. I think you're, you're absolutely, because I wanted to talk about predictions. By the way, I apologize for those of you who are watching. If you're listening, you go watch the video. I, if, I'm, if you see me grimacing as Jerry has been talking, uh, it's because, you know, there are how many hours are there in a week? 24, 144 hours in a week, right, Jerry? Yes. And of course, the one hour and a half that Jerry and I decide to pick to do this show, uh, uh, the lawn people show up outside of my studio. Like it's like uncanny <laughs> how the, the like the timing. It's well, like, I haven't uh, I haven't noticed that I'm on the show with you. Well, so no, because I've muted my I've muted my my oh, I've muted my my microphone. I'm just saying that's why I've been grimacing on the phone. Jerry, one of my greatest disappointments, not a great, it was a disappointment to me. I'm not going to say one of my greatest disappointments. I'm not going to be hyperbolic about this. Of the last 10, 15 years in in uh, in political movie making has been the Dinesh D'Souza film, America, Imagine a World Without Her. Yeah, I haven't seen it. All right, don't. I, I went in there hoping that it was going to be a, 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 a I, extrapolation. I, I, I have no use for it, Dinesh. But okay, but setting all of that aside, I think somebody should make a movie, right? Yeah. I went in there with the expectation that would it was going to be an extrapolation of what would the world look like had we not had an American Revolution in 1776 or between 1776 and 1781, right? Imagine a world without that American rebellion and that right. birth of, of Americanism. Um, but that was not what this movie was about. Someone needs to do that movie. Right, an alternative history in which America doesn't exist to see what the world would have looked like. I'm listen. We've or even Andrew, what if America ends in uh, March of 2023? Look, to a large extent, um, I, we talked about this. You know how how did the American Republic end uh, gradually, then suddenly? 
the George yes. Floyd event has given license to the left to implement things sure. that they would never have implemented before. Look, I was thinking about this. Um, my uh, my sister called me just before the show. What did she call you? Well, she called me. Hello, hello, Jerry. She called me on the phone and said that uh, a friend of ours had posted on one of the social media uh, uh, platforms uh, 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 in support of transgender, homosexual, LGBTQ plus issues that God stands with the marginalized. And I thought about it. The transgendered movement is not marginalized. It's celebrated. The LGBT right. plus movement right. isn't for, marginalized. It's celebrated. For who, Joe Biden who, who, to get in right. front of the White House in front of a podium and say, I'm I'm not signing this parental bill because it'll marginalize LGBTQIA kids. It's is, insane. Idiocy. Yes. Go right. ahead. But, 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 but again, uh, it, it was a joke movie, a bad movie, but, you know, um, uh, but, uh, but idiocracy. Yes. Uh, we are, we are, in a way, we are. We have suspended disbelief and we are governed by idiocracy, but we allow it like all these parents, for instance, in uh, in New York City or Philadelphia or uh, or um, Baltimore City who rally. Right. They have these rallies, no violence rallies, uh, gun free rallies. They're the same people who keep on putting into power the people who are dismantling. Right. And again, because I live in I, I live in Maryland. Uh, Westmore is brilliantly advocating and advertising his his uh, his very uh, new uh, governorship. Yes. And it's all it's all about leave no one behind. But if you look at his budget, if you look at what the Democrats in Annapolis uh, in the state house are passing, it is leaving behind small businesses, working families. Uh, very poor kids who who are trapped in in bad schools. Yeah. It's um and, and and religious people who have uh, have religious faith. Uh, the governor of Maryland, not unlike the governor of California or the governor of of New York, they are literally using state power, government power. They're using the law to go after people with whom they uh they uh, deem as dangerous and dangerous means we oppose your agenda exactly and let me let me get into this because one of the things that Jerry and I in terms of talking about issues of hope right one of the bright spots on the horizon um for the last 18 months and I would say certainly going into the 2024 election they probably well I mean we understand the way chicanery happened in the 2022 cycle but these parental groups and educational groups, the parents who are trying to take back their schools, this is a force that was, is, has been and is being mobilized to do real and meaningful work in terms of pushing back against this agenda. And it's got to start there. The folks who lead this kind of a movement are the folks who go on and do other things, who get into right. state I, houses I, and go to crime. But hold on. Yeah. So what's the reaction from the left? What does... What do the teachers unions do, Jerry? What? They go and they enlist the help of the Department of Justice to go yeah. and demonize and investigate the people who who are who are actually taking the time. This is I, why the collapse yeah. of the rule of law is so important right. and why yes. we are fearful down the road. And also, again, my two cents on that issue is yeah. stop trying to save the public schools. Uh, they can't be saved. Get your kids out of public schools immediately. But let me say this. I'm always uh, talking about how the left 
beats us every battle. They're winning the war. It's true. But there are two movements. There are two conservative movements that have been very successful. And I don't understand why more people on the right don't emulate these two movements. The first is the pro-life movement, right? The pro-life movement has been remarkably successful. And this is why the FBI is showing up at activist homes. To the point where the Supreme Court finally and rightly, correctly, overturned Roe v. Wade. Right. But now they are engaged in the states and we see pro-life laws and protections for unborn unborn children and women in crisis pregnancies. We're seeing, at least in in half the states, uh, we see that there's uh, the movement continues. Also, the homeschool slash school choice movement. And again, uh, there were lots of defeats. Like you mentioned, the 2022 midterms, you know, the the red wave didn't uh, didn't materialize. But what happened in myriad states were uh, school choice advanced. Yes. And so, again, if our friends who are fighting the climate change alarmists, our friends who are pushing back on tax issues or regulatory issues, uh, they need to look at the pro-life movement and the school choice movement because they've been successful. And with that in mind, right, that's where and it's it. And I don't think it's an obscure issue, but I think that if somebody is smart, one of the next ways to organize people is in terms of their relationship between themselves and their power companies. Right. Because for the most part, power companies are monopolies in many of these states and municipalities. You have the one. And 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 because of the cozy relationship between the state governments and these power entities, the the public can get squeezed generally. And so, in the same way that folks are getting organized around schools, right? Parents, you know, people who don't have kids in schools, they're not going to get organized in these. They might get some organized, but for the most part, they don't have skin in the game. Everybody who pays a power bill has skin in the game in terms of of rate paying. Uh, that could be one way of doing this. Investors. But it, but they're a captured audience, though. In what way? Well, if uh, uh, if Pepco raises my rates because I have to pay a... Here's the irony. It was just, yeah. it was just, let me take two steps back, or one step back, take two, two steps forward. The irony is is that um, uh, is, uh, is if Pepco raises my rates... Because I have to pay for the green, the greening of the right. grid. The the irony is, is that it's going to be through fees, right? And but now you have the Democrats in the Biden administration all yes. in on 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 That's on okay, Jerry. We could we could take we could t- we could take that that back. He, he, Listen, but, you know, it's, to, to but your it's, point though, you're right. To your point, if I what 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 should be done is this. So when you go to the supermarket. There ought to be, there ought to be, and they did this in Philadelphia, by the way, when when they instituted a uh, beverage tax there. Right. How much the tax was and how much the soda cost was. And 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 folks were outraged, and they threw the mayor out, by the way. Right. Uh, mayor Nutter, I think it was. I don't remember, yes. It was Nutter. Regardless, I think all corporations, like gas companies, uh, uh, Exxon, Exxon Mobil and other places, should be, it should be right there. Here's what you're paying for gas, but here's the federal tax and here's the state tax. 100%. Yes. I think that I think that um, this would be an interesting if if companies won't, won't what, let's have transparency in pricing. Look at your um, cell phone bill, your Verizon bill or whomever your carrier is and how many uh, federal fees are there. 
So when when it's this the, administration, Jerry, it is the danger of having automatic online bill pay and having and having right. But again, yes. it shows you how empty yeah. the left is in, in terms of wanting to help working people. If they wanted to help working people, we would have full transparency and we would know all these fees and all these taxes. I I, 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 I was remiss. I have to say one more thing, Andrew, and I apologize. Yeah. The third movement that was is remarkably um, uh, successful and should be a model is the abolitionist movement to the civil rights movement. Oh, yeah, of course. And I want to say this. I think conservatives and people of faith are going to have to take a lesson from the Black Panthers. I think it's it, it, they're going to have to uh, uh, they're going to have the civil disobedience uh, 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 protests. And they're gonna, have to, you know, and and we have to protect ourselves. I I I uh, listen. I as someone who's read, you know, Eldridge Cleaver's Soul on Ice. It was a book that moved me as as a teenager. I you know, listen. I've I've always been I've always been someone who has been sympathetic to the concept of buy the ballot or buy the bullet. And I've and I and, I, and I've always said this, and you know this, you know, in terms of of Malcolm X and uh, and. Uh, and Martin, Martin Luther King. King Jr. Now, I, I have great admiration for King. I Again, I think when we teach Washington, Jefferson, I think uh, Lincoln, I think Lincoln and King need and to Le be Pen-a-Man. included, need to be included yeah. into the founding fathers of this country. But I also think that Malcolm X was right. Uh, the, the, the initial Malcolm X. Uh, if you're put upon, if you're discriminated against, if the, if the laws against you, if the government's against you, well, you have you have no you have no choice but to push back. Listen, and and we're not there yet, but I do think I do think the church, people of faith, conservatives are going to have to push back. You know, um, Jerry and I disagree on on the uh, music of Public Enemy because they said some things about Elvis that Jerry doesn't disagree with. But this is why I always liked I always liked uh, Public Enemy. Um, but but this again was one of the great failures of the Obama administration uh, was the issue of the not framing abuses of power as being something universal, and of course yes. they didn't want to do that because they wanted to divide sure. us. Jerry, we are we are running uh, running down on time here, and I know we yeah. wanted to talk about some other stuff. So, well, it's your birthday. It was yes, your it birthday. Was my birthday. So happy birthday. birthday! Thank you. You are a good friend, a great friend. Thank you. Uh, I looked up the term mensch. Yes. And it means someone to admire, someone uh to emulate. I, and I know, think and I think that that's a good description. Thank of you. you. I've all listen, I, I will I will be very frank in that I've always I've always aspired to be I frankly <laughs> always aspired to be a mensch. You <laughs> are. Well you've got there. You know, congratulations. Just a mensch. Congratulations. We thank you. We had a uh, um a, a lovely celebration last night. We went out for ramen with my uh, my wife and 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 me with uh, yeah. uh with our our daughter and our, my daughter's boyfriend, who's a, a great uh, a great guy. Awesome. I had a lot of fun uh, hanging out with them. Went out for ice cream afterwards. Wanted to go to my favorite ice cream parlor, Jerry. Where's that? Um, well, there's a, here in Williamsburg. There's a there's an ice cream parlor that I like. Um, and they just reopened for the season, but they're only opened uh, Thursday through Sunday, which well, tomorrow. Know. So we, hey, you, we, we you, you deserve you deserve a birthday week anyway. Went out. Well, all right. So we are we've got a, a, a family member. Um, I, I won't say who getting married in a couple of weeks. So we're sort of all uh, well into that uh, into that mode going on. Um, we're going to have my parents, and my in-laws over on Sunday, possibly my brother uh possibly another friend and when did something yesterday jerry yes this is the kind of life i live um i ordered a case of jumbo artichokes online 
from a, an artichoke grower out in California. Does that mean 12 jars? Uh, no, no, not 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 jars of artichoke hearts. We're talking about the big jumbo whole artichokes. You got So how many how many up. is in a case? I got a, I got I got 12 artichokes. R. Yes. How many are in a case? Sorry. Yeah, well, it's yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a case of 12. 12. So big size artichokes. We're going to steam them up. We're going to have uh, uh I I because I, you know, I may do steak or i may just do tri-tip which is a a california a california thing i'm i'm intrigued with how uh the term case if it's a case of beer it's 24 a case of wine is 12 well artichokes are done by size so depending on the size of the artichoke is the number of artichokes you get in a case this this particular uh size of artichoke was was 12 to a to a case i think you can even you can buy smaller we have we don't know how many people are coming over on sunday but these are big Big sized artichokes, and I didn't realize, but the California artichoke crop was hit uh, very hard this winter. So I was really? glad to be able to, to support them. But, yeah, I, I like to. I like to. Um, but thank you, just, Jerry. Well, happy birthday! I love you, boys. I love you um, too. I, I like to give a little. Uh, I don't know what's the word for it, but a little like a, a, a approbation, a preview, a preview of where I, some conversations I, I like to have moving forward with you. Um, Two thousand twenty-four is coming up. Yes, it is. And I believe it's going to be a winner take all. And what I mean by that is whoever wins the White House is going to win the Congress. Uh, the House is That's so true. is so, you know, uh, the margin there is so, uh, so slight. Uh, and the same thing in, in the Senate. I think who wins the White House, whoever runs for president, wins pres- the presidency, will also take the House. And it's interesting to me. And I don't want to be controversial at the end of the show, but stay tuned for for for, for more conversations. I wonder sometimes, many of our friends who are Trump supporters believe Trump to be this almost savior. Like, remember the um, I remember yeah. the anonymous uh, um, piece uh, put out by uh, the American Mind by the Claremont Institute. Uh, the flight was it the flight ninety three scenario? Yeah, where if Trump didn't win in two thousand sixteen, it would mean the end of the republic, and it was a good argument. Um. I'm starting to wonder now if if Trump, the 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 Trump phenomenon, if if he himself is going to end the American Republic, and what I mean by that is this: he can't win, right? He might he, he, he I don't think he can win because there there are too many Republicans, conservatives, people of faith who just won't vote for him, right? Democrat, and but however, I don't think any other Republican can win uh, if he remains a major presence. Right. And so it might very well be that Trump either being on the ticket or off the ticket, but angry about it delivers the white house and therefore the Congress uh, to Democrats. And that's it. Andrew. Well, right. That's, Jerry, that's the gets, end of, that's the end into, of the Republic. We, we didn't talk about this with regards to these indictments, right? The, the continued, the continued pursuing of Donald Trump, has nothing to do with any kind of concept of of justice. No, they're feeding right. his they're feeding his ego, right. they, his they narcissism. Wanna, that's exactly so he right. will run. That's and, exactly. And if he doesn't exactly get the nomination, it. he's going to be. It was stolen from me. Right. Greatest thing Donald Trump could do, and I and I know what, and I thought there was and a time, never and he'll never do it. And I thought there was a time when I thought it was in him. Yes. But how he behaved after the after the twenty. Election. 2020 election and January 6th, especially how he behaved. And again, you and I are on record of, of, of J6. Uh, it's not an insurrection, but regardless, 
uh, Trump really did bad after right. the election. I don't it, bad. He did bad. I'm, you know, my, my I know, George I know you're, you're channeling Donald Trump there. It's bad. Right. Yeah. Bad, bad. And I thought, not good. and I said this after the election, he should concede defeat, work for the transition, and come back in 2024. Right. Sure, the writing was and on win. the wall with, but with, he never did it. Right. And that's why we lost the Senate. Right. You know, to this that, day, uh, the reason that, why uh, the reason why we don't have the Senate is because of uh, because of of Donald Trump. And that right. look, the polling data shows us this. The uh, the um, uh, the get out the vote efforts show us this. Uh, Trump twice delivered the Senate to the Democrats. Right. And however. Imagine if he did a mea culpa and he said, look, America is too important. Please support if he doesn't get the nomination. Right. Or better yet, if he withdraws ahead of time and says America is too important, there are too many petty uh, uh, petty grievances and lawsuits and people coming after me, I'll take the arrows. I'll take the bullets for America, but I'm going to bow out. Right. And, and I'm going to throw my support say, I, behind. There's no, there's no merit to this. I don't, listen, I don't even want to say I'm going to throw my support behind because I think that damages whoever it is. It's true. I think the bottom line, the bottom line is he, he says – this is all on again. Excuse, pardon me, Geraldine. This this is all bullshit. This is none <laughs> of this makes sense. I'm going to beat all of this, but yeah, but I it's all garbage. Um, and I know I'm going to beat it, but I America is too important. Yeah, he doesn't have it in him. And but and first, that's that's nobody what, around him right who is going to tell him who has the gravitas to tell him, you know something, um, uh, Il Duque. Uh, you don't have the uh, you, you, it's just it's not going to happen. They're going to they're going to hang you by your heels. Right. That's the line from, uh, you know, something. Never mind. I was going to say. But something. but again, that's what the GOP, what what the uh, nation, uh, what conservatives, that's what we need. Right. We, we need the I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw myself on the grenade. Yeah, we, we need, need a an, Captain America. But we need that's a, what we yes, should do. We, right. should, but we, we should, need an honest broker who is able to tell him that in a way that he'll listen. And unfortunately, he doesn't have those people around him. And that's well, I mean, his own problem. daughter told him this. His own daughter said you shouldn't run or right. I'm not going to support you. We're not going through this again. Yeah, Essentially I saying know. I don't know. Uh, I you know, I don't well, That makes me look, look at that. But I no, no. I mean, regardless, of, regardless of her person, uh, her, her personal conversation, the right. fact the fact that she's taken herself out of any potential campaign in 2024, that's enough to tell the father, oh, my goodness, yes. I don't have my I have lost my daughter. Yes. You know, right. and again, it's interesting because the Democrats are so weak. In terms of candidates, Buttigieg not ready. Uh, uh, Vice President Harris is like, I've never, I've never seen someone like this. Right. All the mocking of Dan Quayle back in the eighties because of his intellect or lack of intellect. Oh yeah, this is Vice President Harris, right? One hundred percent. This, this is this is a woman who is, I don't know. She's the you know she's the Forrest Gump of politics, my friend. <laughs> well, I don't think she's quite at John Fetterman's level, but she's certainly approaching that. So, right. Jerry, you're on on Sunday. I am back behind the stick on Sunday. We're going to talk about all of these big issues, uh, and also I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to recap my uh, visit to New York, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and uh, and uh, that's on Sunday. Uh, WBAL. If you can't catch the show, the podcast is great. You're good, and and uh, 
This week's episode of the Lunch Hour with Federal Newswire, Lynn Ulbricht, mother of Ross Ulbricht, uh, who was uh, accused of being the creator of Silk Road, serving two life terms in prison for his creation of Silk, Silk Road. Talking with her next week, Zach Greenberg from the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education. We talk about free speech. We talk about what happened at Stanford. Jerry, what do you want people to do? Find the truth, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun, and please stay safe. Feliz Cubianos. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs>